Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm super excited for this opportunity to be up here and to be able to speak to y'all today. Um, man, as Brother Phil kind of pointed to, as it's a new year, I know, um, we're kind of excited getting into 2024, but like he said, I know today might be kind of a, a, a day of reflection, and so as I kind of look back on this year, I've kind of heard some mixed reports, you know, uh, some good things, some bad things, but like Brother Phil said, um, God has been faithful through all of it. And so I know in the life of East Haven, we've had a lot of great things. Uh, a year ago, we were praying for a Christmas miracle, and, and we got that, and Brother Hal and Miss Kelly, and then later on, we got Brother Daniel down here, who's doing a great job with the youth. So it's obvious that God has been working so great in the life of East Haven. Um, and um, for myself, I uh, had a lot of great things happen this year uh, without just the way God orchestrated this year. I, I wouldn't be up here talking. I'd be sitting down there somewhere. But God has just been faithful and put um, people in my path that I've, I've been able to have relationships with. And, and just he's just guided me. It's been obvious um, to get me in this position and to be looking toward my future. So I'm super excited um, for this opportunity. So we watched a video earlier um, in the service about being all in. That video said, all in. With all I am, I offer my life. I surrender my all. I'm all in. Today is the day. Now is the time. This is the place. We even just sang the words, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Bless his name. And sing for joy for all my days. Yes, I will. So the question today is, are you willing to say, yes, I will, to be an all in for what God is calling you to do for his glory? We're going to start out in Matthew 28 with the Great Commission. I'm going to read verses 18 through 20. And it says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The first thing we see right here is that we serve the God of all. He has all authority. He calls us to all nations to observe all the things he has commanded us, and he's with us always. We serve a God of all. He gives us his all, so we should be willing to return the favor to him. We should be willing to be all in to give our all. We don't deserve him. We don't deserve his all, but God. I love that. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. We don't deserve him but God, but God is faithful. So we have to be careful not to be receiving his all while not giving back to him. He deserves our all, and we deserve nothing. But he's given us his all, so we need to be given our all. So today, we're going to kind of look at the what, the why, and the where of being called um, to glorify the Lord. Um, If you're a Christian, then you're called 
as Austin said, to the advancement of the gospel, to, to taking the gospel where they may not have it, to advancing it here at home. Um, there's people here at home that may not know it. We've been watching this, uh, videos this month um, promoting Lottie Moon about impacting lostness. How can we impact lostness? So the first point is going to be what we're called to do. Um, like I just said, we're called to impact lostness. Uh, in Matthew 28, it, it plainly says that we are called to make disciples. Um, we're called, we, uh, a disciple is someone who follows with the heart to learn more about the person that they're following. So we should first ourselves follow Jesus and then plant seeds in others and encourage them to follow him as well. Um, what else are we called to do? We're called to serve Jesus through serving one another. And Jesus sets that example for us. It says in John 13, verses 2 through 5, it says, During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing all that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Washing feet is a job for the lowest of the lows. Um, that's, that job would be for the lowest servant of the lows. And Jesus humbled himself and set the example and got down and washed these guys' feet. And then he says later in verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. So maybe we don't need to literally wash each other's feet, but the point he's making is that we need to be serving one another and serving Jesus through that. Um, so serving, we serve Jesus through serving others because we can't literally serve Jesus. He's not here on earth anymore, but we serve him through serving others. It says in Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer to them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So we serve Jesus through serving one another. And so next, we're going to look at why are we called. Um, as I was kind of preparing this for this, I, I was thought some about the story of Jonah, how God called him to Nineveh um, because their evil had come up before God. And he fled, and he tried to run from the presence of the Lord. That's not something you can do. Um, God is with you always. He's, we've learned that in, in, um, in the Great Commission. And so as I was thinking about this, I kind of thought, okay, well, why was Jonah called to Nineveh? He was called because evil had come up before God. He was called to go call out against him. Um, and so for us, uh, we live in a world that is full of evil that is coming up before God. Um, salvation is a gift for all who receive it. So we should be making a difference in the advancement of the gospel, even um, in an evil world. We live in a dark world, but God is light. Matthew uh, 
And uh, Matthew 5 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Um, in First John, it says that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So when we have God in us, we have his light. And I know we all know the song, you know, I can't sing. I'm, not, I'm like Brother Howe, I can't sing, but, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's a truth right there. We are supposed to shine our light through all the earth, and, but without God, we don't have a light. God is our light in us. Um, um, last year at the Passion Conference, Sadie Robertson was talking, and she gave us this example, and I know I used it in the youth a couple months ago, is whenever you pull out your phone, don't pull out your phone, but if you do, and you turn your flashlight on and say, that's you, okay, I'm shining my light, my flashlight is on. I'm shining my light, I'm shining my light. And then you hit that camera button down there at the bottom, and all of a sudden you see yourself in the phone, and you, your light is off. You can't shine your light when you're looking at yourself. You can only shine your light when you're looking to God, because God is light. In him there is no darkness. Um, a couple months ago, Dr. Zane Pratt was here, and he gave us some statistics um, that kind of stuck with me, and I hope they stuck with you, and I'm going to read them again just to kind of give you an idea. And, and Hamill Austin, he hit on a few of them. Um, One-third of the world population claims Christianity. Only 4% are truly saved. 6,000 people groups are unreached, while 3,000 of them are unengaged at all meaning nobody's even trying to get there at the moment. And 4 billion people, 4 billion people on this planet have zero access to the gospel, none at all. So, that, I mean, that's a dark world. 4 billion people can't, don't even have the, the choice right now to find the light of God. So we should be striving to get there and to make a difference and to shine our light um, for God to those people that don't even have the opportunity right now. <clears throat> so next we're going to look at where we are called. Um, we're going to turn to Acts 1-8. Hang out there for a minute. You can turn there with me. Just this one verse. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, what does that look like for us? He's, he's calling these people to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So we can look at it on a map. There's a couple ways that we can look at it. Um, we can look at it on a map, and we can say, okay, for me, Jerusalem is going to be um, Brookhaven. We're in Brookhaven right now. That's going to be my Jerusalem. Okay, Judea is going to be Mississippi, and then Samaria is going to be the United States, and the ends of the earth be the ends of the earth. And that's a great way to look at it because that can encourage you as you're traveling to always be on mission, know that God has called you there. But we can look at it on maybe a little more of a personal level and we can see that Jerusalem can still be where we are. It can be our immediate sphere of influence. Um, maybe your closest friends, your family, your colleagues at work, God calls you to those people. And this could possibly 
be one of the scariest. Um, for these men, Jerusalem, they just watched Jesus get killed. And Jesus is telling them, go back to Jerusalem and pro- proclaim my name. And so that can be scary. Maybe, um, maybe sharing with your family or your closest friends might be scary. You may think they may reject you or, or things like that. But God calls us to those places. Um, and then the next place will be Judea, somewhere that you may feel rejected. In John 7, it says that John, I mean, that Jesus wouldn't go out into Judea because they were seeking to kill him, and he knew it was not yet his time. So maybe you have a, uh, an area where you may feel rejected. If you, if you wouldn't proclaim Jesus, they're going to reject you. Um, I talked a little bit about Jonah, and for Jonah, Nineveh might have been a place that would have rejected him. Nineveh was a scary place. Um, they would, their enemies that they conquered, they would uh, string them up and put them on display. And so that could be very scary for Jonah because he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. But God's calling him there anyway. And then Samaria, um, maybe you have a place where you find yourself looking down on others. Um, at this time, Samaria was a place that was looked down upon. Um, and I know we probably catch ourselves looking down on people all the time, but nobody on this earth has any room to look down on anybody we are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And guess what happened around probably a little more than 2,024 years ago? The perfect son of God humbled himself and sat beside a whale and shared with a Samaritan woman the truth of the living water that is only received through him. According to world standards, he had no business talking to that woman at all. But according to his father, He was a gift to even her. Our personal opinion cannot get in the way of someone else learning about Jesus. We cannot look at others based on worldly standards. We need to look at them based on the fact that Jesus died for even them. And for Jonah, Nineveh was another place that he would have looked down upon. He would have said, God, these people aren't aren't worthy of you. But that's not true at all. God called him there because God says otherwise. And then the next place can be the ends of the earth a place that we have no business being, as uh, I know Brother Zane hit on a few months ago. We have no, no business being there. We don't even know where it is, but God calls us there anyway. Every nation and every tribe, God has blessed us more than we could ever imagine. He has given us resources such as money, this place, this church, and even access to the gospel that some don't even have. Some people have none of those things. So we should be seeking every opportunity to make some sort of difference, whether it be here at home, around the U.S., around the globe, whether it's going and doing it with our own hands, um, sending money as a resource to missionaries that are already there, and most importantly, sending prayers, as Miss Kay said. Prayer is the most important thing that you can do for anybody and everybody. I know as Austin touched on, we have a lot of students that this summer will be going to the ends of the earth. I know some of them are sitting over here. I know me and Austin are going, Austin going to Southeast Asia, and I'll be going to the Philippines and doing farming ministry this summer. And so we're super excited to be going. So the first thing you can do for us is you can pray. Just like we need you to pray um, for our Guatemala team. First thing you need to do is pray, and then you need to help us out in any way you can. Um, I don't know how you can help me in Austin, but I know that you can give these Guatemala teams some medicine and uh, reading glasses and things like that. So any way you can help is amazing. And then we look at the the impact of our obedience. Um, For Jonah, 
We all probably know the story. He fled, got on a boat. He was going away, trying to get away from God. But you can't do that. God sent a fish, and he might not send a fish for us, but he's going to send something to get our attention when we try to flee from him and the plan he has for us. Um, it's going to happen. His, his plan is going to happen one way or another, and he's going to be glorified because he deserves it. He deserves our all. When Jonah was finally obedient, he saved all the Nineveh from the wrath of the Lord coming upon them, and they repented and turned to the Lord. And, um, and when we make an impact, we have something great to look forward to in heaven. Uh, in Revelation 7, 9, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one can number from every tribe, all, every nation, all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so we've looked at the what, the why, and the where and the impact of when we're obedient. And so I have one last thing. Um, I want you to think about being all in and maybe what that means to you. And if you're hesitant, maybe think about why, what's holding you back. Um, when I think back over the last year for myself, I think about um, a time where, um, um, as most of you know, I was a football player. And, and this, this year playing football just, just didn't feel like something, just felt like something wasn't right. I just felt like um, I could be doing other things and, and not that football is a bad thing, that it just wasn't for me personally. And so I kept thinking of the passage where Jesus is calling his disciples and he goes out to the boats and he says, drop your nets and follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And I kept thinking of that, like, what is a net that I need to drop? It might not be something bad. It might just be something that I'm doing instead of what the Lord is calling me to. And so for me, I had to drop football as a net. I'm not telling kids to quit sports or anything like that. I'm just saying that if something is holding you back from what you believe God is calling you to, it's better to drop it. It might not be anything bad. It might be something that he's given to you to prepare for what he's calling you to. You may be learning through that. I know I learned a lot through that. Um, and so the question is, um, is there anything holding you back? And if there's not, then man, be all in right now. Let's go. Um, think about what you need to lay down before the Lord. Um, and if you aren't saved and you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I got the answer for you. The first thing you need to lay down is your life, and then things will follow. Um, you don't, what's the, what's the saying? You don't, uh, you don't clean up before you take a shower. You take a shower to get cleaned up. You don't clean up your life. You don't have to clean up your life before following Jesus. Jesus is going to clean up your life. And so think about being all in. Think about why you may be hesitant if you are. And if you're not, think about the why, the what, and the where. And then be all in. So that's the challenge, is to be all in. And so the question is, are you all in? I'm going to pray, and then the band's going to come up and uh, have a response time. And so just if there's something that you think God is... Um, calling you to, and maybe something that might be holding you back, pray about it. Pray that God will reveal it to you and that you will be 100% all in 
all the time. So let's pray. Lord, we come to you right now, and we thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, just to be in your place and to worship you, Lord, and to, to um, just praise your name and to learn more about you. Lord, I thank you for, for all these um, students that are singing, Lord, and just praising you and just um, the way that even right now we can be making an impact even at home through prayer, um, through giving to Lottie Moon and just other organizations, Lord. Lord, we, we just thank you so much for those opportunities. And um, Lord, just pray that we will be a people that are all in where we realize that you give your all to us. So Lord, allow us to give our all to you. If anything's hindering anybody in here from being all in for the glory of you, Lord, for the advancement of your gospel, Lord, I pray that you will reveal it to them, Lord, and that they will be able to drop that net that's holding them back. Lord, I thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.